0: you're listening to the whitewater church podcast we just want to say thanks so much for tuning in and if you enjoy what you hear today please subscribe share and review the podcast if you want to support what whitewater is doing you can go to whitewaterchurch.org give let's dive into this week's message together
1: Welcome to whitewater i'm so glad you're here this is a place where you can belong before you believe today we're starting our new series garden city the goal for this series is to help you me we grow spiritually both deeper roots and greater fruit in our faith in today's sermon i'd like to share with you three pictures of a story and how that story helps us understand what a garden city is and why a garden city is important Hopefully, we'll see how Jesus is at the center of of this story in some surprising ways. The three pictures are this. The garden blessed, the garden broken, the garden becomes a new garden city. So let's start with the garden blessed. In the beginning, in the book of Genesis chapter 2, it says this, The Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and put there the human he had formed. In the fertile land, the Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit and also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flows from Eden to water the garden. That's a beautiful picture of a beautiful place. In Genesis chapter 1, it affirms this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God blessed them. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. Everything was good, beautiful, and blessed. Often people focus on brokenness and sin as the origin story. Sometimes many Christians start here with their story, but this isn't how the story starts in the Bible. In fact, it starts with a good God blessing his good world. And this good God created humans to reflect his goodness to his good world. We were designed to be stewards of god's good garden in the genesis narrative it says that god created humanity in his image created them male and female then god blessed them and gave them this directive be fruitful and multiply populate the earth i make you trustees of my estate so care for my creation i love that this idea of god making us trustees of his estate so that we care for his creation that's like that's our job i remember watching my dad as a as a kid garden. And uh, as he would garden, he'd tell me these stories where he learned to garden for the city of LA. And uh, he knew how to um, just get the best out of any and every garden. And there, and there were different types of plants and flowers that needed different things. Some needed more sunlight, some needed less, some needed more acidic soil, some needed less. And he just knew all the ins and outs. And he was always great at cultivating something beautiful. And we were designed to not only see and know that that the world that we're in at its heart god created with this blessing and goodness but also to be part of cultivating that and so we see a primary purpose for humans was to reflect the goodness of god as image bearers or god reflectors humans were given the responsibility of stewarding and caring for god's good world Not only was our role to steward the flourishing of the garden, but it was also to extend the flourishing garden of Eden throughout the world. Stewardship is an old but important word. Stewardship is the care for someone or something entrusted to you. It's really exercising uh, care for all the world and all that we do. Often, religion can invert humanity's purpose by believing that creation was made for us and for us to, to exploit and have what we want. But creation wasn't made for people. People were made for creation. God created humans to serve and steward creation. Your purpose, my purpose, the concept of leadership finds its greatest meaning and wisdom when we begin to understand all of this and our purpose as stewardship. Not domination, not exploitation, but service and love. We have different gifts, different perspectives and skills, but we are all called to use our unique gifts and callings to steward the flourishing of God's world. When the relationship between God and humans was broken, um, something fundamentally changed. In the Genesis story, we see this picture. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, it says, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. And then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, and so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Why did they hide? Why was brokenness now in the garden? Why was there uh, something between God and the humans? Later in the story, God says to Adam and Eve, it was because you listened to your wife's voice, who listened to the serpent's voice, And you ate from the tree that I commanded, don't eat from it. Cursed is the fertile land because of you now. In pain, you will eat from it every day of your life. And so the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. When humans began to listen to the wrong voice and to do the opposite of God's design, exile happened, disintegration of God's good world began to happen, and death entered our world. You know, my son and daughter were given the opportunity to play downstairs with all their toys, and um, the, the, the room was pristine, beautiful, and blessed. When I was there, After when I left, and later when I came back, the room was destroyed, toys were smashed, everything was broken and just like all over the place. The kids looked angry with each other and a little sheepish toward me and my wife when she walked in. We spent the next hour cleaning up everything and putting it back the best we could. Restoring what's ruined takes a lot longer than it did to originally make it. Here's the third picture in this story. The garden becomes a garden city. God's blessing is at work in the brokenness. Although the humans decided to go their own way, God is working to restore them and the world. The arc of the story of God and creation is from garden to garden lost to garden city. God's broken stewards and image bearers are restored to life with God in the new garden city, filled with God's presence. Check this out, in the book of Revelations it says, "'Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. This beautiful city has, is now come and being, is being restored to the world. In verse 3, I heard a loud voice say from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. Always been the plan for us to be with God and God to be with us and like him to be present. It goes on to say in chapter 22, then the angel showed me the river of life giving water, shining like crystal flowing from the throne of God and the lamb, who's Jesus. Verse two, it says, through the middle of the city's main street, on each side of the river is the tree of life, which produces 12 crops of fruit, bearing its fruit each month. The trees, leaves are for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. The curse is gone. The throne of God and the lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. Ah, It's a beautiful image and so you see like the new Jerusalem, the city of God, this restored, beautiful, perfect place and where there's no curse is is a garden city. As we noted earlier, many times Christians and Christian faith will start at Genesis 3 in the brokenness of creation. Before acknowledging the creation's original goodness and blessing, the beginning of the story in Genesis 1 and 2, we have to remember to tell the story in the right and good order. Genesis 1 and 2 come before Genesis 3. God's blessing comes before the brokenness. And it doesn't end there. The story ends in Revelation 21 and 22 with God's restored world. All of God's good world, humans like you and me, Uh, to the smallest, most insignificant plants, animals, atoms, all of these have infinite value to God and Jesus through his life, his death and resurrection becomes the first fruit of restoring the old creation with the new creation. The old garden gone wrong becomes the new garden city put right. So how does Jesus fit into this story? Well, back in Genesis, we see a seed planted about Jesus. As God is talking um, between humanity and the, and the serpent, he says this, I will put contempt between you and the woman, the, the serpent and the woman, between your offspring and hers. They will strike your head, but you will strike their heels. Jesus is the offspring who undoes the work of the serpent and defeats the serpent, restoring the world back to the way God intended it. God initiated this new creation, this restoration project through Jesus. In the New Testament, we have a picture like this. The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. If you want to see God, if you want to know God, you want to know what God is like, you look to Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. He's the first seed of new creation goes on to say, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. He might be lifted up and glorified. In verse 19 it says, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, in Jesus, and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It was Jesus' life, his death on the cross and his resurrection that started this new creation um, project toward the garden city. God blessed a broken world through his son, Jesus. And Jesus both redeems us and teaches us how to join in restoring the world toward the garden city. The voice of the gardener, Jesus, teaches us how to get back to our original purpose as stewards and caretakers of the garden, helping us cultivate our world, our cities, our communities toward a garden city. Let's learn together how to cultivate the gardens of our lives to co-create with Jesus a garden city. And on that note, we have a special announcement today. Watch this. Welcome to Whitewater. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, we wanna help you take your next steps toward Jesus.
2: We're both a gathered and scattered church meeting on Sundays at Cascade Christian and in homes, parks, backyards
0: and online. We exist to be loved by bringing the whole person and whole community into a flourishing life with Jesus.
1: Our heart is to help 1% of Pierce County start their journey with Jesus by 2030. That's around 10,000 people in about 10 years.
2: Even during the pandemic, our church at Whitewater continues to grow. While we're meeting in person here at Cascade Christian, our reach is extending across Pierce County and beyond. We have a growing membership in Tacoma area and our online campus and podcasts have people tuning in from all over the world. Placed by God in zip codes, in workplaces and networks with gifts and callings given by God. We want to support
1: our people in these places to bloom right where they're planted. Whitewater's journey wouldn't have been possible without your generosity. Thank you for helping create a place where people can feel welcome and loved we know that our church family and in fact every organization in today's world must change evolve and transform toward the future
0: those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy they weep as they go to plant their seed but they sing as they return with harvest
1: we remain committed to planning and dreaming about the future together
2: Starting as just a seed and a dream 10 years ago, from a living room, to an elementary school, to a high school, to an old fireman's hall, to Farm 12, and even YouTube, (laughs) and now Cascade Christian, Whitewater
1: has lived up to its name. The idea of Whitewater is that of moving water, not stagnant, but ever flowing and bringing life wherever it goes. In many ways, we are in a rebuilding season And for this past year and a half, we've been in prayer about the future of where we believe God is calling our church.
2: In a time of so much change, there are things that will never change about our church. We will always be a place that helps people move toward Jesus on their spiritual journey by belonging before they believe and learning to be love in their world. To help people bloom where they are planted to bring flourishing to our neighbors and communities.
0: As a Jesus-centered church, we strive to reflect God's heart for diversity and unity.
1: And we exist to join Jesus on our journey toward a flourishing life. Names carry with them importance, and we believe for the next season of our church, it's time that we had a new name. We will be changing the name of our church to Garden City.
0: In Jeremiah 29 7, it says work for the flourishing of the city I have sent you to. Pray to the Lord for that city. If it flourishes, you too will flourish.
1: What was blessed in the Garden of Eden was broken by humanity. Now God is working with us and through us in Jesus to restore the garden gone wrong into a renewed garden city. We have noticed many times that new people have a hard
2: time remembering the name Whitewater. We often hear White River, River Rafting Church, River Water Church, and the marks of a great name are that it is memorable, meaningful, and tells our story. And we believe that Garden City does all three. Gardens are beautiful places filled with the diversity of life and growth. We believe the name Garden City Church gives a clear picture of God's
1: family drawn together with a diversity of brokenness, backgrounds, and cultures. Garden City also paints a stronger picture of the impact our church has as a reservoir that releases a river of blessing as we join Jesus in bringing flourishing to our cities. At the end of the day, we exist to help people start their journey with Jesus and continue on that journey with Jesus. And we believe that Garden City Church is a name that's going to help us do that.
0: We want to empower anyone, anywhere to join God's spirit on the journey toward wholeness and
2: flourishing. We have individuals placed all around Pierce County and beyond, planted by God in zip codes, workplaces, and networks.
1: We want to send and support our people in these places to bloom where they are planted, to cultivate a garden city. Guys, this is a huge moment in the life of our church. We're so excited about it. I'm excited about it. If you have any questions, just send them in to us. We'd love to, uh, to talk with you about it. Question will continue to come up. Um, why did we change from Whitewater? Because this is a name that we all love. Like It's a name I thought of for the church. I, I felt called to name our church. And I feel right now it's it's time for this new name. I would just remind us that our story, our conviction, Whitewater has always been about serving others. It's never been about us, about serving God and other people. And whitewater, one of the original reasons we named it that is because it's, it's always moving. It's not stagnant. It's not hopefully unhealthy. And, and it's following the movement of the spirit. And in this case, I don't know if there's anything more whitewatery that we could be doing than following this, the spirit in this way. So, Who made this decision? Sometimes people probably imagine like me and Michael, our worship arts pastor, just getting together over lunch or something and being like, hey, we have a great idea. Here's what it is. And just being like, yeah, let's do it. We've really tried to handle this decision with a lot of care and time and wisdom. We've been praying about this, boy, for over three years now. Um, That's when we started thinking about this and um, in dialogue and partnership between staff members um, our advisory team, which is the governing board for our church, and key and key leaders. We've been in discussions around this for a long time, and we've really wanted to handle it with care. And I'm excited to say we've, we really feel that this is the right time. We know that whenever change happens, there's a lot of emotions around it. Uh, oftentimes, people can be really excited um, with a change like this. Some people can kind of be like, wait and see. Some might just have a lot of... Um, Nostalgia around a name, and kind of maybe have a sense of, oh, I'm gonna miss that, and I get that because I was part of the team that named Whitewater. That this was a conviction I had, and some some people might be wondering what, like, what else is gonna change, and um, and I, I get that. There's a lot of fear and skepticism around change these days, especially coming out of a pandemic. Uh, here's two things. One. It's like who we are at Whitewater, who we are theologically, missionally, relationally, is not changing at all. We're actually—I feel like the name, this name change—is actually helping us live more into who we are, um, and and maybe better express our identity. And the other thing is, we've always been a people like when the when the uh, Whitewater uh, Rapids start moving, it can be a little scary, but we move with what God's doing. We have faith. I want to encourage you to step with us in faith as we're embracing um, the new aspect of the story that God is writing in our church.
2: In the past few years, worship has become important to us in new ways, as it allows for the expression of hopes, fears, and emotions that we've carried in the past season. As a creative team, the ability to express faith, process grief, and celebrate together has become a sacred practice for us.
0: It's been about seven years since the Whitewater Worship Band released our last EP. And throughout the pandemic, the limitations of COVID pushed us into new creative ways of making music together, resulting in songs that have become deeply important to us in this season. The songs we wrote were born out of a necessity to worship during the ups and downs of the past season. And we
2: realized as we looked back that we had a full length album. We are excited to announce that Garden City Music will be releasing a full length album this June and our first single, You Are Good, is available now. If you missed our Easter service, we told the story behind the song and I encourage you to go back and watch it.
0: The album has songs that range from electronic, contemplative, to that classic whitewater groove sound you've come to know and love. We really believe that these styles represent both the garden and the city aspects of our new season. And in the coming months, the Garden City Music Album will be on all major streaming platforms, CDs, and we're even doing a limited pressing of vinyl. We can't wait to share these songs with you.
1: want to encourage you to embrace the new chapter in this beautiful story that God is writing in our church if this has impacted you anyway you got friends you're like they got to know this share this with them and I want to invite you back for the next sermon in our series Garden City I love you so much we'll see you next week at Garden City Church take care you guys